0: The most audible, hold the applause. Like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital. Like Antoine when he sent after shots went through. So tell me why you mad even. Your team gon' be sad leaving after matching up with Brad Stevens. Gang Green, it's no other way. So tune in to the part if you plan on staying up to date. You heard
1: <laughs> <Aziz>. <laughs> AJ, I see. Hey I see you there. here.
0: Welcome to Anything Is Possible, the Boston Celtics podcast here on The Athletic Podcast Network. I am your host, Sam Jam Packard, joined as always by the kid, the god, the legend himself, Celtics beat reporter from The Athletic, Jay King, ladies and gentlemen. And we are coming to you at the end of the Celtics preseason as they drop a their final matchup against the Miami Heat, 100-121. And even though they lost, you're not going to ruin my vibes. They were without Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, he was suspended. Al Horford's out with uh, COVID. Robert Williams had some sort of um, made-up injury, tendinacity, I think it was called. Uh, so it's basically Jason Tatum and the bench. And despite all that, I still thought the Celtics looked pretty good, especially their young guys, uh, specifically Romeo Langford. Continues to knock down shots. Jay, do you think his 70% from three is
1: sustainable moving forward? No, but first of all, let's just <laughs> tell the listeners what's going on. We've got live podcasts now on The Athletic. So you guys can actually raise your hands. And if you want, ask us a question. Chime in with a response from the game, reaction, whatever. And we can actually interact with you guys. So this is really cool. I'm excited to try this. I'm excited to incorporate it into some of our post-game coverage the rest of the season. Uh, so I just wanted to let people know that you can actually, like, raise your hand, chat with us, communicate with us, all that stuff. Um, and I'm I'm excited. But back to the game. Th- that's a fair point. I really buried the lead on that one, and that's that's my bad. Yeah, you blew but, that uh, one. You're absolutely <laughs> – ba- Back to the game. <laughs> Romeo will not shoot 70% from three-point range this season. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's been optimistic the way he's shot the ball, the way he's played throughout the preseason. I, I just think based on his history as a shooter, he's going to have to do a lot to prove himself on that front to me. It, it's all promising. His shot looks smoother. He's sh- shooting it very confidently. Like Even one of the ones he missed tonight was like three-pointer in transition, just caught it on the wing, let it fly. I can't remember him really doing much of that in the past. So, so that's that's promising. He, he's he's looked good. I think all their young guys have have looked pretty good this preseason. It's been, you know, f- on that front, uh, a very good preseason. On a lot of other fronts, a rocky preseason. Robert Williams, his knee is hurting. Al Horford, Jalen Brown, they've got COVID. Marcus Smart missed tonight's game because he was suspended. Uh, and he he made a straight shooter though. He's a straight shooter. He benched Grant Williams and then. Just kinda of told And then came out going. and said it.
0: Yeah. I was just it was amazing that Grant Williams does a little bit of complaining, doesn't get back on defense, and leads to a bam out of bio dunk. And then Grant Williams got pulled. Everyone could kind of see that he got pulled. It was blatantly obvious, but that's the type of thing in the Brad Stevens era where we would have gotten a non-answer, like, oh no, we make personnel decisions all the time. And email was like, Nope, we benched his ass. Like I don't like players uh, crying to the referees. And so it was uh, definitely refreshing to see Imei e, uh, step up and do that. He seems like a no-nonsense type of guy. That's why I said the smart suspension uh, was a good thing. Setting uh, setting the tone early on. Uh, the thing that's interesting, it's very hard to get a sense of like what these preseason games mean for the Celtics. But this game specifically, with the Celtics being down pretty much their entire starting rotation other than Tatum against a full Miami Heat roster... I guess this is like kind of how you evaluate how the bench is going to play. And I thought early on, especially, Dennis Schroeder played with a lot of energy. And if he can provide that kind of spark off the bench, that is going to be great for the Celtics. Because he was doing a little bit of everything. But just his playmaking and his creation and his passing was just the exact kind of thing that uh, the Celtics needed last year when they just didn't really have any creation when Tatum was uh, not really there. But Schroeder was uh, fantastic at night. I think he drifted off a a little bit later, especially in the second half. But that first quarter from
1: him seemed like he was doing a little bit of everything. Yeah, and and he was beating Bam Adebayo to the hoop for for buckets. He did that at least twice. Um, He was chippy. He was getting into it with guys. He tripped Jimmy Butler, (laughs) which was... On purpose, They're, it was a dirty play. <laughs> well, got to be honest, which was very interesting. Uh, but and the Celtics needed more of that too. Like they they wanted to get more competitive guys, more kind of more toughness. Um, so I, I think. You know, even even him going out and, <laughs> and tripping a guy, in in some <laughs> ways, I think you could take that as a positive. You know, the Celtics have attitude. You got to take it as a positive. The Celtics yeah, no, have attitude from a team. Like, maybe don't trip a guy in the future, but it's cool that Schroeder is getting into it with guys and drawing with guys and bringing that edge to the Celtics that, that they were missing last season. And then I thought he made some awesome hustle plays, too. The The block he had where he kind of just. Made a great recovery. Um, he was really, really trying to make Jimmy Butler work in the post. Flopped a couple times against him. Butler was all pissed off because of it. He he's an agitator. Dennis Schroeder is yeah. an agitator. And I like like you said, I thought he had a great first half. Um, and the Celtics really really looked smooth with their their first five in there in the first quarter, even though the first five was like. Grant Williams, Jabari Parker, Tatum, Schroeder, and Romeo Langford. Langford had a great start. Uh, the steal and and dunk, a three, and then Schroeder was great too. Um, I thought at times the spacing around Tatum looked really bad. I think Scal mentioned it on the broadcast, but you can see and and that some of that will be fixed when the Celtics have their their real rotation in there, like. Having Jalen Brown and Al Horford and Marcus Smart will, will help the spacing for sure. But with like the skeleton group out there, you could see that there will be times when there's going to be a lot on Tatum and teams will be able to fly off the other guys on the court because the Celtics don't have a ton of great shooters.
0: Yeah, it feels like the Celtics offense really went to shit there in the second quarter when the Heat were figured out, okay, well, let's just kind of load up on Tatum here. And the Celtics didn't really have a great response. I do think Tatum did a pretty good job of responding to that in the third quarter. Um, I guess less so in the fourth, but he didn't play as many minutes. But uh, he did a solid job of distributing, especially from the post. Like Jason Tatum post-ups and uh, his ability to pass out of that. That that one play where it was a Tatum post-up and then pass, pass, pass to. I think it was Romeo. It was Richardson in the Richardson corner, in the the corner I three. think. Richardson in the corner. Richardson, uh, we'll get to him knocking down multiple threes tonight, which was just not something I uh, ever expected from Jason Richardson. But I think Tatum just uh, did a very solid job of, I guess, picking his spots. He wasn't really forcing the the issue there in the first half and, I guess, uh, trying to make plays, looking for other people. And when he was getting the double teams from the Heat, he was making the right pass. But then we also saw Jason Tatum uh, kind of – look for his own and get his uh his own shot more there in the third quarter. It's kind of a very quiet preseason from Jason Tatum, which I think we know his ability and his like when when he needs to get buckets, he has that uh can go off and can do something like get 50 against the Nets in the playoffs, but I think it's just been interesting to see him I think either it's just him taking the double teams and kind of just reacting to what the uh, the defense gives him or just him looking to be more of a facilitator, but we haven't seen it just been like all Tatum iso ball in this preseason.
1: Yeah, I thought the the one major minus about his game was the six turnovers. And during that second quarter stretch especially, when the Heat kind of turned the defense up and the Celtics didn't have much shooting around Tatum, he was forcing stuff, he was making really bad passes. Emi Odoka said he thought the Celtics lost their composure and and for like – it's, it's not going to happen all the time, but I thought in that stretch Tatum was part of the loss of composure. Like, he he just threw some very bad passes. Um, he had six turnovers, just one assist, and, um, you know, the the one assist kind of underrates how he was passing because he was drawing doubles, and so he had a, at least, you know, one, one or two hockey assists too. But I, I just thought from a decision-making standpoint – it wasn't his best game at all and and the Celtics because of who else was on the court with him like did not make it easy on him on that front so there, there'll be yeah
0: hopefully he's never playing in the second quarter with the type of guys he was playing with like we saw a good solid as much as he has good vibes we had 18 minutes of, or 17 minutes of Theo Pinson tonight like the it was kind of hard to evaluate what the second unit was in this game because it's just the Celtics came into the game very shorthanded. Like, if the first quarter was what their bench lineup's going to look like, I don't know what how to evaluate kind of the second unit in this game. But you're right. Tatum, they really did fall apart there in the second quarter. It felt like Tatum didn't really deal with the pressure uh, that well. They kept battling, but I don't know. It's kind of hard to figure out what the, the kind of the, the deep bench is going to be um, on this team just because, like, I don't know. What did we get? We got a half of what this team is supposed to look like in full strength in preseason. So it's how are we really going to know what this team looks like moving forward? I think like you, a positive guy like me, an optimist guy like me is going to be like, you're going to take the positives from what you see from Romeo Langford, from Aaron Neesmith, although Neesmith didn't do that much tonight. And I think it's interesting... Um, I think Corrales, old friend Corrales, who uh, the folks should listen for uh, next week when we do our old schedule podcast, he was talking about how Romeo and Niesmith have kind of done a lot this preseason, at least or uh, over the offseason, to earn minutes. And I think the question he asked was, where do those minutes come from? I guess the question turns to you, Jay. Is like, do you think Romeo and Niesmith have done enough to get minutes and get like a consistent role on this team? And if so kind of where do those minutes come from? I have my thoughts, but uh, I'm curious to hear what you think about the, like, the young guys stepping up and kind of demanding a role uh, on this team as they move forward.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that that's all going to be up in the air. Like, is Romeo Lanford going to be able to maintain his aggression and maintain his three-point shooting? Is that stuff that's real, or is it just kind of a preseason mirage? Like, I, I haven't seen him at practice every day like, like Udoka has, like the coaching staff has. So they definitely have a different perspective of it than I do. But like I'm I'm not totally sold that he's going to deserve minutes over a bench that should include Schroeder, Richardson, and Peyton Pritchard. Um, so we'll see. I, I think you know those guys will have chances to play, especially um, whenever the Celtics are a bit shorthanded and like like Udoka said tonight, if if either of those guys do force their way into the rotation and do make a difference, then that will change things for the Celtics. It'll give them a lot more versatility. It'll give them more athleticism. It'll give them just more depth. And so I think it's important for them to continue uh proving themselves capable. But I'm just not ready to say yet that those guys deserve minutes from Schroeder, Richardson or Pritchard, who I think is still a step ahead of Langford uh, and Nismith, to me, although he he might not fit well next to Schroeder. I guess the Celtics have to figure that out at, in the regular season rather than the preseason, which they hope to do. Because Pritchard Pritchard got a shot to the nose and got a little mask PP masked PP Masks will be PP. debuting.
0: Uh, as Abby Chin referred to him live on television, which, uh, respect her. That's fantastic. Well, we got, the thing well, we that's interesting jo- about Hold on. Jo- Josh Romeo. wants
1: to ask us a question or or say something. Let, let's oh, bring Josh on stage. Josh, what you got for us, man? Yeah, that, that's a good question. And I I think from... For, for this year, it might not be the most important thing, right? Like, Tatum becoming a top five player, like he said he wants to be, would be more important. Um... And the Celtics have other options this year. They got they got shooter. They got Richardson, but finding legit rotation pieces on rookie contracts is a big deal. And if Pritchard, Langford, and Nismith can all become that, then that's huge because that that gives Brad Stevens more options moving forward. Uh, it turns those guys into trade chips. It allows you know, other other. Allows the Celtics the freedom not to go after like high priced bench guys or or quality established bench guys in the future because those guys have solidified themselves in roles. So, I agree with you that if the Celtics are fully healthy this year, like it may not be the biggest deal if if Romeo Lankford like barely edges out Josh Richardson for like five extra minutes a game or whatever the case may be. But long term, it's probably more of a, a benefit to the Celtics if those young guys do emerge.
0: First, I got to say, it's very cool to just like feel a, a caller like that. I feel like I'm on uh, Ted Sarandis on Sports Talk Radio. Uh, that's pretty dope. So thank you, Josh, for the question. I do think it has a larger impact in the season than you may think, just because if they have that amount of depth, I think like that's the difference between maybe winning 45 games and winning 50 games. If there's just like a lack of lull in uh, – just kind of the, the lineup on the uh, who they have. I do think Romeo and Niesmith are important pieces because we talk about them replacing Schroeder, Pritchard, um, or uh, Richardson. Those guys are all kind of smaller guards, and I feel like the Celtics, they still lack some kind of depth at the wing, um, and hopefully Romeo and Niesmith can kind of step up and be that, but... Um, it just allows you, if Romeo or Niesmith can be uh, the type of guy you can rely on, uh, to play a closing lineup with um, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, one of those guys I'm guessing it's going to be Niesmith at that point, and then um, Rob Williams or Al Horford. I think you kind of have the benefit of having two centers there. But if one of those guys can close, it's just a, a different look where you can kind of play you don't have to play uh, too bigs. So you can kind of have more spacing and just have a bit of more size on the defensive end. And so, I think you're ultimately right. Like I don't think it, like the emergence of Romeo uh, or Neesmith over Josh Richardson isn't going to take this like the Celtics from like a Eastern Conference Finals team to a Finals team. But I do think it just makes them generally better and generally more dangerous. And so, I I do think it could have an impact this year. Just because the Celtics, I still think, are looking for a guy with size to uh, to emerge and kind of be able to play on both sides of the ball. And so I think if there's like one thing that the Celtics are lacking in terms of their roster, it's like consistency from a, a backup wing who can really do both. And so I think Romeo and Neesmith both have a chance to kind of do that. And it's interesting because you want to give them some minutes. Like you want to... They've done impressive things here in the preseason and so you want to give them some minutes and some chances to kind of continue that in the regular season I agree with you Jay I don't know if they've like deserved necessarily a slot like we need to get both these guys in every single game but at the same time I don't think Richardson has like earned a spot and he deserves it as well like he certainly has a good defensive pedigree but I think the EMA is probably going to try a, a number of these guys and whoever kind of continues to bring it continues to be consistent uh is the guy who's going to end up getting minutes
1: this is cool by the way we, we just had a, a live caller I'm, I'm so excited for those who are listening to this podcast uh the next day on Spotify or whatever sometime sometime in the future that I uh, just want you to know, we're going to be doing these live shows on the Athletic. You do have to be a subscriber to to listen live, but you'll be able to chat with us. You'll be able to ask us questions, and anyone in the audience right now, like, feel free to raise your hand, ask us questions. Uh, we we want to incorporate as many people as possible into this conversation and just just make it kind of a, a spot to hang out post game, which is really cool.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's very cool. As uh, someone grew up like and listening to sports talk radio and then ended up producing sports talk radio. Just having the interaction, of the fans makes it, uh, so much more fun. Jay, I have a question for you. What did you think of the new look Miami heat? Because I don't think Kyle Lowry did a, a goddamn thing tonight, but, uh, the Heat were impressive. Specifically Tyler hero coming in with a 15 pounds of new lean muscle, uh, I don't know, I'm kind of skeptical of the Heat, just their depth moving forward, but uh, they didn't put up much of a fight against uh, a kind of the Celtics' second unit, but then again, Tyler Hero did some impressive things. So what do you think of like kind of the first
1: look at the, the new-look Heat? Yeah, they're, I mean, they're obviously very tough <laughs> and physically imposing, and I thought when they ratcheted up the defense in the second quarter, it was really impressive, and the Celtics had a really tough time dealing with that. Like you said, Kyle Lowry didn't do a lot. It's preseason. I'm not going to read too much into that. Um, also, like you said, they need at least like one or two more depth pieces. Max Struis getting some serious run for them. Max Struis. He's going to play a big
0: role for them. Like it, it feels like he's their main kind of guard off the bench right now, which is probably not the best thing for the Miami Heat, but it's great for Max Struess, a handsome fella.
1: <laughs> of course you made a remark about that. i I'm surprised that I was surprised by that. Yeah,
0: no, I mean, you, you, you've you seen his face. You know he's a good-looking guy. But, like, their bench is not great. Markeith Morris, I don't know what happened on that breakaway uh, layup attempt he had where he, like, tried to dunk it. That was one of the ugliest things I, I've seen in a while. But if they're trying to rely, that's, like, the biggest question I have about the Heat is just, like, who is their bench right now? Uh, I guess Hero's their sixth man, but then after that, it's, it's Marquise Morris, Gabe Vincent, Max Struce, just not a lot of names. Maybe. Do you, like, have any belief that Victor Oladipo is going to come back and, like, provide them anything?
1: If he does, that'd be huge for them, obviously. Uh, and then you have to think they'll be active on the trade market when the deadline comes to try to upgrade that bench somehow. Um, and and like. They should be pretty active. Get get a just get a legitimate like seventh or eighth man. They, they, it doesn't need to be a starter. It doesn't need to be someone to to be like a huge piece, but just someone who can play ten to fifteen minutes a game and and not be Max Struess. No offense to Max <laughs> Struess, even though that be was better than offensive.
0: Max Struess. <laughs> I mean, I mean that—that's what one of the reasons why I feel like I'm so hyped up going into this Celtics season is because we're talking about the young guys, we're talking about the depth, and it just doesn't feel like—I don't know. Well, clearly, would they have terrible luck uh, with Jalen getting COVID, uh, Horford getting COVID, Robert Williams having that knee injury? Is that like how concerned should Celtics fans be about that Time Lord knee injury? may really tried to play it down after the game, like it was just like precautionary. Um, some soreness, but given Williams injury history, like not great, Bob, like just not good to have a, the guy you're relying on for this season to be hurt just uh, in the preseason after basically having a, I guess it's a non-contact injury. I don't know what tendinacity is.
1: Tendinopathy. Um, I think it's, ba- Tendinopathy. I think it's basically jumper's knee. Uh, so it, the only reason it's concerning is because it's Robert Williams and he's had a bunch of lingering issues that have just kind of stuck with him throughout the first three years of his career. And, you know, the one major thing for him is just getting healthy, staying healthy, being on the court so he can continue to develop and impact the Celtics. And that's why it's concerning. It, it doesn't sound like it'll keep him out of opening night. It doesn't, it sounds like the Celtics were just trying to be cautious with him in a preseason game. There's no need to push it, but you know, it, it's, we're not even four we are just four preseason games into this this schedule and Robert Williams is already dealing with knee soreness. So it's not the best thing possible. That's that's for sure. Um and like we know that he's gonna have to prove that he can be available and and that's a huge if with him and one of the big reasons why I think it was important to get a third center like, like Ennis Cantor. Mm-hmm. We've got a uh question I I, I think it's from John, am I saying your name right? Oh, June. Sorry, man. What's up, June?
0: Right now, I think Slim Grant's in the lead. I think uh, he's knocking down some three-point shots. He didn't make that that many tonight, but I think he's um, clearly just in the lead now. I don't know what to expect from Wancho or Jabari Parker, but I think Grant, one, just given his versatility, like, The fact that he can play some backup five um, just puts him on the court. And I do think that him uh, being slimmed down, being a bit more athletic uh, does help him out. Uh, I don't know, Jay, like do you think there's any kind of like clear front runner there for the backup four?
1: I I think honestly one intriguing possibility would be to just not play a backup four and use Neesmith or Lankford and, and just slide Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum to four with the second unit. And I think that's a look that, that makes a, a lot of sense to me when you're going small with Schroeder and Richardson and and if you have Jalen out there and Neesmith, like that's really athletic, that's really versatile, and that's got a chance to to really uh be a, a fast paced, high energy second unit. So that would be something that would be intriguing to me. I, I think Grant has played pretty well. Um, he's still still fouling sometimes. He's still hasn't been like like super crisp. Still hasn't shot the ball great. But um, like he's fine if you if you have to play Grant. Williams. But he's like if, he's
0: if, better than Wancho and, and Jabari. I think I at think he's,
1: he's had a better preseason. Yeah, than than Wancho and Jabari. Um, but I, I if I were E-May, I would be intrigued by a smaller, quicker second unit and see if see if that can work out for you see if your defense can hold up because i i do think that Neesmith smith and langford have been promising enough um that that those type of lineups could be pretty pretty good
0: yeah i think that's another reason why like kind of their emergence is uh i don't want to say so important but it's like it's it's promising because they can step in and just allow you to kind of slide someone like Tatum up and just, they are forwards. Like they're not necessarily power forwards or you wouldn't describe them as fours, but they're, they are forwards and kind of just give you, allow you to play smaller, more confidently than running a, like a lineup out there that has um, Schroeder, Pritchard. It's just like one of those smaller lineups. If one of the kind of the forwards can emerge, you're a little bit more confident and then you don't have to rely necessarily on the backup four. And so, I do think Grant is kind of like the leader in the clubhouse, but um we shall see. Jabari I mean got the start tonight. Jay, I know it's your favorite question. Uh anything from tonight to to solidify who that 15th roster spot is? Are you still in on a uh, uh cutting Bruno Fernando and going a uh, a Jabari
1: um Garrison Matthews tandem for 14 and 15? That would be my solution, uh just because I think I don't see how Bruno Fernando could really like end up impacting the season. He caught a lob tonight. He caught he a pretty a damn of, good that was, lob that was tonight. A, a big time pass from Theo Pinson. Um but yeah,
0: I, I just Theo Pinson's going to get cut and it's going to be sad, but he's just there's no way he's making the roster, but I've
1: loved uh, all four games from him. Yeah, he he's he's got a just like an electric like kind of herky-jerky crafty game. And he was 1 for 7 tonight and it didn't matter cuz he was it was glorious to watch him. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I I just think Garrison Matthews shooting is a, it's a threat, you know, and and Jabari Parker scoring could matter. And, and so I I just think those guys, like, if you look at the way the Celtics are constructed, their skills could actually matter. Whereas the, I, I just don't see where Bruno Fernandez could, could impact the Celtics. So if they could. Trade him somewhere, dump dump his salary, and then keep both Parker and Matthews. I I think that'd be a pretty good outcome for the front office.
0: Yeah, the Celtics did. Uh, they cut Archie Adagdenko. Archie Diacono. Archie diacono former Villanova guard, and the other guy whose name I've already forgotten. Jawan Morgan. Uh, Jawan Morgan. And so that two-way spot is going to be interesting. They yeah, do. those guys Still could definitely available. end up with the Red Claws. Uh, but they did kind of wave them today. So it's going to be interesting to see what moves are made before uh, Wednesday night against the Knicks. Uh, I'd like to encourage anyone who's currently in the, in the live stream right now to, if you got questions, raise your hands. Otherwise, we're going to be wrapping up soon. I did not think we were going to go for a, a half hour after this preseason game against the Miami Heat, but that's the magic of the, uh, the new athletic post-game live streams because anything can happen. Anything is potable. And so, seeing no questions, it's going to just wrap up here. Everyone can get back to watching the Red Sox game. And, Jay, I just have one last question for you. Uh, Is Kike Hernandez potable?
1: He sure is. He sure is. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anything is potable!